That's right. Let's praise him. Let's honor him. He deserves all the praise. Hallelujah. He deserves all of our glory. Without him, we're nothing. Hallelujah. Without him, we can't move. We don't have our being. He is everything. We love you, Lord, and magnify you and give you great praise. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Brother Bradford. I don't know what to say to do introductions like that. If you have your Bibles, yes, thank you. Thank you. I am not deserving of that, I don't think, but God deserves all the glory. Amen. If I'm anything, if I have anything, it is because of Him, because of His faithfulness. Amen. It's amazing how much He rewards us who can be so unfaithful at times. He is so faithful. Amen. Amen. First Chronicles chapter 21. While you're turning there, we'll begin reading at verse 18. I do want to say that titles and positions come and go. But the one title that I do want to keep, as Pastor had mentioned, is when I hear him call me by name and he says, Well done, my good and faithful servant. I want to serve him. I want to serve him with all of my heart because he has given me his all. Amen. It's a privilege to stand here before this great congregation, as always. It is not a light thing. It is not an easy thing to me. I appreciate my bishop, who has helped me a long way when I was young. Put his arm around me on that football field. I did not want to be there. And he was trying to show me the goodness of the Lord. He took me in. Amen. Brother Bradford has always been in my life, and now my pastor. Both of these men, I would rather hear them preach today. We're such a blessed and spoiled church. And can the church say amen? We have the best. We have the best. Thank you for this opportunity. First Chronicles chapter 21, beginning at verse 18, and I'm going to read about nine verses. The Bible says, Then the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say unto David, that David should go up and set up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Ornon, the Jebusite. And David went up at that saying of Gad, which he spake in the, same, in the name of the Lord. And Ornon turned back and saw the angel and his four sons with him hid themselves. Now Ornon was threshing wheat. And as David came to Ornon, Ornon looked and saw David and went out of the threshing floor and bowed himself to David with his face to the ground. Then David said to Ornon, grant me the place of this threshing floor that I may build an altar therein unto the Lord. Thou shalt grant it to me for the full price, that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Ornon said unto David, Take it to thee, let, and let my lord the king do that which is good in his eyes. Lo, I give the oxen also for burnt offerings, and the threshing instruments for wood, and the wheat for the meat offering. I give it all. And King David said to Ornon, Nay, but I will verily buy it for the full price. For I will not take that which is thine for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings without cost. So David gave to Ornon for the place 600 shekels of gold by weight. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings and called upon the Lord. And he answered him from heaven by fire upon the altar of burnt offering. I want to title this message this morning, for memory's sake, the full price, the full price. Put your Bibles down and let's lift up your voices and your hands unto the Lord. Let's ask him to help us this morning. Savior, we magnify you. 
We glorify your great name. You are worthy of all the praise this morning. I pray you move emphatically today. Touch the hearts of men. Lord, use these lips of clay to speak your word unto this people. I'm thankful for this opportunity, and I feel your presence. Bless us now in Jesus' name, and everyone says, amen. Thank you very much for standing. God bless you. You may be seated. I believe that everyone enjoys a good bargain. Everyone enjoys a good bargain, whether it be buying a home, especially in this market where it is so volatile and vulnerable. It's moving, it's moving up, it's moving down. Interest rates are crazy. But we want a good bargain when we use our own money and our own financing to buy something. It could be on a vehicle. And if you've looked at vehicle prices, even used vehicles, the interest rates are sky high. And so so we want good deals, and we just don't want cheap things either. We want things of value, and we want to pay the best that we can pay for them and still have money in our pocket. I remember going to Jerusalem, and, and at night when we had free time, my wife and I would walk through the city and go to the walled city of Jerusalem, and there's different quarters, and the Jewish quarter was very interesting because of the salesmen there, and they they had items to sell, but there were no price tags on the items that they were selling. And so we were informed by our guy, go ahead and ask for a better price because you might get it eventually. And Brother Joel Reyes had asked me, if you're in there, could you buy me a leather bag when you go to Israel? And so I found a full grain hide leather bag, two of them, messenger bags, and, and uh, they caught my eye. And so I began to inquire. And these men are very keen on, on your demeanor, and they want to approach you and with, a, with niceties, and they tell you this is the best item that you could ever buy, and they give you the reasons why it is, and, uh, and you, you know what they're doing. And so there were two bags, and I wanted both, and he said, $850 each. And I just smiled, and I said, well, I, I'm not going to pay $1,700 for both bags. And, and so, well, wait, wait, and I'm going to leave, and I'm, I'm not even going to start haggling, you know, or trying to get him to lower the price, but he insisted I stay, and let's work out a better deal, and, and the price kept going down and down and down, and finally I told him, I said, look, I, I know what the price of these are, and that is, that is too much. I hope you have uh, someone in the future that will come by and buy your product. It's not going to be me. So he took me to the side, and he spoke in a whisper, and he said, listen, this is my son's store, so I, you cannot tell him what I'm about to tell you. I will give you both of those bags, both of those bags, and they are nice. They're full grain leather, and the craftsmanship was very good, and he said, I'll give you both of those bags for $200. And I said, that's a good deal, $125 each. And I, I bought those, and Joel Reyes and myself each have one of those bags. But I, I know that everybody enjoys a good bargain. I used to always visit thrift stores all the time, just looking for bargains. And a lot of the furniture in my home is great furniture, bought at a great price. Things like OfferUp have expedited my purchases and uh, you know, online websites like Mercari. I remember uh, in the last few years, I really have a love for leather furniture, leather goods in particular. 
as I'm revealing unto you. And I have leather furniture in my home. And there's a place called Restoration Hardware. And it's very beautiful furniture at a very costly price because it's well made and it lasts a long time. And so in my house, I have now, since of last week, three pieces of furniture that I purchased each piece for $200. One of those I have the receipt here for. I carry it in my Bible. It was a leather chair in Ottoman from RH. Looked up the receipt, checked it out online. The piece both together are about $3,650, and I found it for 200 bucks. What a bargain. And I have two couches. They're near, and I, yeah, great, wonderful. I love it. Five, two couches each. I checked online. They're about $5,000 each. I did not pay that much. I paid $200 for each of them. So I have about $600 of furniture from RH. Amen, sister. It's exciting. So there's another piece of furniture I did not buy in my house. And it costs more than all three of those combined that I paid. So more than $600. And it's just a simple wingback chair that's black leather. My wife found that. And she paid the full price for that. And I often remind her, yeah, one piece of furniture costs as much as I paid for all this. But it doesn't matter to her. Because she was willing to pay the full price for what pleased her. And to her it had value. And to her it had worth. And to her it meant something. And so when she put her eye on that piece of furniture in particular, it was something that she needed and she had to have. So whatever the cost was, she was willing to lay it down and say, I'm bringing that into my home and it's going to stay there. And that's what I'm talking about today, the full price. Let me just cut to the chase really quick and say, God has paid the full price for every one of you. He has paid it all. He gave everything so you and I could be here in this place today and to give him worship. Oh, I think it's okay to come in the house of the Lord no matter how you're feeling and give him adoration and praise because he gave more than any of us could ever give. The mercy that has been perpetuated beyond our death is greater than I can even fathom. And so today I lift up my hands, I lift up my voice, and I give adoration to the King of Kings who paid it all for me. Oh, put your hands together and worship him. He is worthy. The Bible talks about a treasure in a field. One passage in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44 reads, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. This man found something of great value, and he knew it would change his life. He knew that anything that he possessed, it wasn't, it wasn't even as valuable as this treasure, this newfound treasure that he had discovered in a field. And so he went about his business, and he took account everything that he had, he took his inventory and he said, I'm selling all that I have. I'm going to purchase this field. It may look barren. I don't even know what kind of field it was. The Bible doesn't go into great detail, but a field to me, there's no structures on it. There may be some type of vegetation, but all that he knew was if he purchased that field, if he gave all for what didn't seem impressive at the moment, that there was a treasure there and that he would be blessed forever. He bought 
bought the field and there was a treasure. I'm telling you, the kingdom of heaven, we have a treasure today. We have a treasure in the kingdom of God. Whatever you, whatever you paid, whatever it took for you to become an apostolic, filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, it is worth it to have his name applied to your life. The world doesn't look at religion today. The world doesn't look at the apostolic church and think that there is much value. But can I tell you, this is the most valuable thing that you could have. I don't care what your finance is. I don't care what walk of life you came from. The house of God. Being here today, there's treasure. And he puts this treasure in an earthen vessel. You and I, he gives us a hope that is beyond anything. Hallelujah. What a treasure we have this morning. Invaluable. Worth everything you spent to get here today. Every argument you had dressing your child this morning, it was worth it to get to the house of the Lord because there's a treasure here. Who knows how long we'll be able to come to the house of the Lord and gather together like this. What a treasure we have. In other countries, they don't have this privilege. There are some that can't even congregate together, but they have to hide. They have to hide and preach the gospel. Oh, what a blessing it is today to be in the house of the Lord. Are you thankful that you stepped into the house of the Lord today? Are you grateful for what God is doing in your life? There is such a potential here. There is such a magnificent blessing that you can receive. And it comes through faithfulness. Not all the time when you start living for God, the treasure just immediately shows up. And you get everything that you want, every part of the treasure. But, it, but with a faithful lifestyle, with a holiness and separated lifestyle mentality, God will give you this treasure. And you will be thankful. And you will see and reap dividends beyond measure. Amen. He sold everything that he had. Do you see value in the field this morning? Do you see value? Are you willing to sell out everything that you have? Are you willing to give whatever it takes to be a part of the kingdom of God? What is it that you keep that holds you back from blessings? What is it that you harness? What bitterness do you tuck away that keeps you from fully becoming what God has intended you to be? I say sell out this morning. I say lay it down at an altar. I say give God whatever he is requiring of you because you can never outpay the Lord. You can never outgive God. You can never outdo him. He will outperform you in every way. All he is looking for today is a willing vessel that trusts in him, that puts their confidence in him. If you're putting your confidence Today in man, you will be miserable. If you try to please man, you will be of all men, Paul said, most miserable. But today, if you have the thinking that I'm going to please God, I want to get his attention, I want to give him everything that I am, you will possess a treasure that you will never, ever forget, never, ever give up. Amen. In this first Chronicles reading, the chronicle, the chronicler wrote about this in a different fashion than found in the previous book. He talks about David and this failure of David. David was a man after God's own heart as he is described. Yet sometimes I read these stories and think, how can a man who is after God's own heart commit such folly? And David, he was conquering and he was expanding his borders. In Chronicles, 
The chronicler says that Satan tempted him in verse 1 of this chapter that we opened with today. It says that Satan tempted him to number his men. And what David did was he said, I'm going to see how big the armies of Israel are. My armies, I'm going to count every man with sword. And, and he goes to Joab, the captain of his army, says, I want you to do this thing for me. And Joab, he was hesitant. And he cautioned David and told him, this is something that is going to displease the Lord. This is not your army. This is the Lord's army. And, and we can just stop there and just say, let me tell you anything that I have today, any, any worth that I am, it is because of God. It is because of God and His anointing. David, you have what you have because a long time ago when you were on the backside of a hill feeding sheep, you were called to be anointed the next king of Israel. It was God and the man of God that called you and anointed you. You have nothing because of yourself. You have you weren't even invited to the party, David. But because God chose you, you have what you have. And so David forgets this. And you may be laboring, and I know I know it's kind of hard to fathom that you put in work, and yes, because of your faithfulness and your work, you will reap a harvest from that. But trust me and know that it is because of God who gives and takes away. That is why you have what you have, whether it be a blessing or whether it be a miracle or whether it be a material thing, all good things come from God and that's why you should thank him every day for what you have, what he's giving, what he's going to do. It is an understanding in my mind that there is nothing good that can come from man. Nothing good that can come from me but everything worthwhile and everything worth having comes from the Lord. David, this is not your army. Don't forget you were anointed. Don't forget who blessed you first. It is because of God's hand on your life. You have what you have. Let us not take for granted the goodness of the Lord, the mercy of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. It is because of God. And so Joab goes and it takes nearly 10 months, they say, for him to count all of the armies of Israel, excepting the army of Levi, because they dealt mainly with the things of priesthood and accepting the army of Benjamin because he just didn't have time to go and count all of the armies, but he came back with a report of how many men. There were 1,100,000 approximately men of the northern tribes. And then of Judah, there were about 470,000 men that drew sword in Judah. This displeased the Lord. He was upset with David, and David knew that once this count came in, he had made a grave mistake, and so the Lord speaks to Gad, David's seer, to go talk to David. You're in trouble, David. You, you become haughty. You become arrogant. You're bragging about things that aren't yours and they're the Lord's. And so I'm going to give you three options, David. And the first is either three years of famine or three months of being defeated by the enemy or three days of pestilence, David. Which of these are you going to choose? And so David, being the man after God's own heart, chooses wisely. And I like how he chooses. He says, I rather choose the three days of pestilence from the Lord because the mercies of the Lord are sure. The mercies of the Lord are better than to fall in the hand of man. I'd rather fall into the hand of the Lord. And immediately pestilence falls in the land and 70,000 
people die at the folly of David's arrogance. What you do in the house of the Lord matters. It may seem insignificant to you, but every little decision you make, parent, that matters because you have a child watching you and it's going to mimic your footsteps. It's going to act like you at whether you like it or not. They're learning from you. So every little decision you make, like putting on your shoes, and even if you got here late, that's a smart decision, getting to the house of God. Your children are going to see your faithfulness and they're going to understand that mom and dad have a love for the house of the Lord. And one day that's going to pay off because you teach a child these things and they cannot depart from it. Hallelujah. Every little decision you make matters. Whether it big, whether it right, whether it's small or wrong, it affects everyone. David, your decision had a negative effect on the people of Israel. In your folly, 70,000 instantly die. And now the angel of the Lord has a sword in his hand. And he's going and he's destroying. And the Lord is repenting of this action. And so he causes, he causes the angel to stay with sword drawn over a particular ground known as the threshing floor of Ornon. And so David is sad and he's repenting with the elders in sackcloth. And he's telling God, Lord, why are you causing all the good men and women and children to die? This is a fault of my own. Why are you, why are you killing the sheep? But lay this charge against me. Handle with me, God, and, and deal with me correctly. Don't put this on the people of Israel. And so God spoke again to Gad, David's seer. And he said, I want you to go tell David that he needs to set up an offering and he needs to sacrifice on this threshing floor. And that brings us to the introduction scripture read this morning. David goes, he approaches Ornon, who is fearing for his life. The Bible says that the four children of Ornon, his four sons, they run and hide at the sight of the angry angel of the Lord standing above their threshing floor with a sword drawn. They were threshing wheat at that time. Can we show the picture, Sister Erilyn? of what a threshing floor looks like. The angel of the Lord is standing over this threshing floor. This is a depiction of what a threshing floor consists of. You can see that they lay the wheat into this pile and the oxen, they pull an instrument over the wheat to separate the wheat from the seed. And then they take a, a certain type of pitchfork and they throw that into the air and the good seed falls to the ground, but the chaff, the wind drives away, and they'll either pile it up like you see on the left side of the picture. They'll pile it up or they'll store it, and that's how they, they, they worked with wheat at the threshing floor. It is a piece of land that is open, that is void, and that is barren. There is not much there other than a wide open space and a place for the wind to blow so they can separate the seed from the chaff. This is the threshing floor, an artist's depiction of Ornon's threshing floor. This is what he was doing at the time that David approached him. And Ornon, noticing the king, runs to the king David and falls on the ground, offers to David when he is asked to purchase this threshing floor from him. He says, you can have it. And I can imagine I would be of the same of the same uh, attitude. I, if I saw what Ornon saw that day, I probably would say, whatever you're doing, David, you're the king. You're God's spokesman. God deals with you. Go ahead, take this. It must be for a good thing. Have it. This angel's scaring me. You can have the oxen for sacrifice and all the instruments of wood you see. You can take that to build your altar with. Take it all. 
take it all, David. But David made a powerful statement. He said, no, I'm not going to take what's yours for the Lord for free. But I'm going to buy it for the full price. David learned a lesson. He's recognizing that everything we have is of the Lord. He just learned a hard lesson that his men he counted were not his own. They were the Lord's. And so now he's, he's coming to a, a type of a revelation. You know, threshing floor is a place of revelation and separation. And David's coming to this revelation that this is God's. This is not mine. And so I will pay the full price. I will not take that which is yours or none for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings without a cost. Without a cost. There's so much to be said here. But to put it into numbers, the Bible says that there's two accounts. One talks about shekels of silver. And this in Chronicles talks about shekels of gold. And looking and reading, others that study the word of God believe that the shekels of silver were for the instruments and the oxen. But the shekels of gold was just for the piece of land. And it was, it was 600 shekels. And that weight in gold in the Hebrew is about 15.08 pounds. 15.08 pounds of gold. And so with February 23rd's recent uh, pricing for gold being $1,811.27 per ounce of gold, we have 15.08 ounces or pounds of gold that would equivalent today in U.S. dollar of around over the amount of $437,000 David drops for an open and void piece of land. David gives this to Ornon. He pays the full price, or known as the normal price, or the high-end price. With interest, he pays everything. He doesn't want to take anything for free. He's learned a hard lesson, and he builds the altar there. And the Lord answers with fire. What would happen in the kingdom of God today, what would happen in our life if we had the attitude that David had? If we said we're not going to take advantage of the house of the Lord. We're not going to just come and give half-heartedly. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about of ourselves. If we just didn't give just if we gave everything over unto God, if we worshiped Him with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength, if we came with intention, knowing that today there could be a miracle, knowing that today is the day of deliverance, it is the day of salvation, what if we came and we came expecting, believing, and worshiping God like it already happened? What if that was our mentality that I'm not going to come to GBFPC today and just worship, worship the Lord halfway or consecrate? crate halfway but I'm going to do all that is required I'm going to give him all of me because he gave me more than I could ever imagine I'm paying the full price it may look like a bleak and open field with no structure nothing of any value just a windy breezy place that has nothing to give back but oh there's something deep there's a treasure there there's something deep in this place if I could just get it and give back God is going to bless hallelujah Threshing floor, wide open place. Your situation may look void and hopeless, but I'm telling you today, I'm admin, admonishing you to give your all. God is in control. I said God is in control, not the government, not any sports team, no friend you have, 
is in more control than the Lord. The Lord is in control. I'm not forsaking the assembling of myself to, with you today here in the house of the Lord because the Lord is in control. This is valuable to me. I'm going to give my all. I'm going to pay obeisance. I'm going to give my attention unto the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. When? First. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So first you have to seek the kingdom. It's important to be a part of God's kingdom. There's all types of, of areas to work in God's kingdom. If I could speak on behalf of the church. Everything you do in God's kingdom matters. Because your heart says, I'm doing this as unto the Lord. I'm teaching a Sunday school class as unto the Lord and bless those today that give of their time and their effort to decorate a classroom and they teach and they study and they sing and they put up with kids that they don't even know if the kids go home to a good life. Thank God for those teachers that, that they give everything. They seek first the kingdom of God. They're paying the full price. Thankful for those that wake up early and come to the church and they're a part of a T-Rocket program because there's value in the kingdom of God and they're looking for people like you and me that has no name, that has no reason to be, to be given glory, that has no reason to serve the Lord or doesn't even know who the Lord is. They're looking for those kind of people and they're giving all because out of that there's going to be somebody that recognizes this field is worth everything that I have. This field is worth all that I can give. I'm selling out unto the Lord today. I'm purchasing this field. Isaiah says, look unto me. The Lord says in Isaiah, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. We serve the one true God today. Make no mistake, there are no other gods. Brother Casey read a, a, a scripture in conclusion. He said, I, even I am the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. He is the Savior. The Lord of the Old Testament is Jesus of the New Testament. He is the Savior and beside Him there is not another. Why is that important in today's lesson? Because that's the treasure I'm talking about. You are so blessed of a people to have apostolic truth indoctrinated into you. It's not some fairy tale. It's not something made up, but it comes straight from the Word of God. Thankful for the man of God that teaches us its truth, an adulterated Word of God. There is but only one God. And my Bible says that there is only one Lord. You should love Him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. It says this is the first commandment. To know that there is only one God and to sell out unto Him with all of your being. That is the first commandment. What is the greatest of all the commandments? That I give everything to Jesus, all of me, to Jesus, the one true living God. I just want to say, He is the chief cornerstone. He is the stone that the builders rejected. He has become the head of the corner. He is the chief Chief God of any structure. And just a little foundation there, no pun intended. The cornerstone was the first piece of the building that was laid. 
It was the heaviest stone. It had great importance because after the chief cornerstone was laid, its alignment controlled the shape of the building. Its alignment fitted the, the building together. And so all of the stones had to be stacked on the chief cornerstone accordingly. It was the strongest part of the building. And if you wanted your valuables to be protected during an earthquake or any any type of storm, you would set them next to the chief cornerstone because it was there they would find protection. It was there that your goods would not be harmed. The chief cornerstone protected them. It was laid solidly. It was laid first. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to wax surveying here for a second. It's the first corner. In my field of labor, we deal a lot with protecting landmarks, if I can say it that way, or corners. And the first ones laid, those are the ones you protect. I'm thinking of particularly because of this, of a situation that recently came up in Tehachapi. Brother McAllister, there was a surveyor out there by the name of Don Ward who is no longer alive today. Don Ward was a great surveyor. And he was one that was very confident in himself. And in the Bear Valley, Cummings Valley area of Tehachapi, he found corners and he did not like their positions. And so he created, recreated the establishment of the corners where he thought per the manual that they should exist. And that's okay. He can do that by law as long as he follows certain protocols. But he caused great, great trouble and error. For example, one particular road, don't let me... Give me your minds, as the elder would say. One particular road ran across the section line to that corner. That was the road's description, Shout Road. From this point along this line to this point. But this surveyor came and moved that point 30 feet south. And now the road skews from one point to two. And it created a gap. All of the property to the south followed the south line set by Ward. Everything to the north based on the original monument, holds true because it was the first monument. You can't disturb this truth. You can't change it. What that does is it affects properties all down the line. And you'll have a huge, huge problem in the future trying to delineate where the line should be and where the property is and what side of the fence you should be on. If you remember that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone, look, they're trying to pollute the word of God today. They're trying to move its position. They're trying to say it's something else and it is where it shouldn't be. But Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. He is the stone the builders rejected. He is the chief corner. All of my dreams, all of my hopes, everything that I have, I'm putting it against him. I'm going before him with all of my dreams, all of my aspirations. God, I'm putting my life in your hands because he is the chief cornerstone. You can't change his position. You may try, but the word of God is true. Let the word of God be true and every man a liar. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, Bible quizzers, let that man be accursed. But the word of God is exalted. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of God will stand forever. I'm coming to a close. Musicians, if you would come. Mark chapter 10 and verse 18. There was a rich young ruler that came to Jesus. And he said unto him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? 
He had everything, but he did not have eternal life. And Jesus told him, you know the commandments, honor thy father and mother, on and on and on. He said, Master, I've all these I've done from my youth. And Jesus saw the heart of the matter. It wasn't that riches is necessarily a sin, but to this man it was, it was his hang-up. And the Bible says in verse 18, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. He answered and said unto him, Master, all of these have I observed from my youth. And then Jesus, loving this man, the Bible says, and then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Just one thing. You want eternal life? There's one thing you lack. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. You've done all these things. You, you've kept the commandments. You're honoring your father and mother. You're not a thief. You don't steal. Here's all you have to do. You need to sell out. Give it all away. Take up your cross and follow me. And you're going to get what you want. The Bible says in that same chapter, verse 22, that he was sad at that saying. And he went away grieved, for he had great possessions. He wanted a great possession. But everything else he had was more important than eternal life. And I don't find him ever going and selling and repenting, but I do find he goes away sad. So today I pose the question to this audience, what's the one thing that you haven't sold? What's the one thing that's hard for you to give up? Is it bitterness? Is it strife? Is it the persistence to always be right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of self. The kingdom of self full of envy, jealousies. You look at yourself, you're going to, you build a kingdom based on self, you're going to build a kingdom that will crumble and fall, a kingdom that is on shifting sand, but you need to build on a sure foundation, on a rock, that rock being the chief cornerstone. Don't build on self. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Put yourself away and just think for a moment, what is it that I need to give him? And to those that are giving everything, you just don't stop. Because one day, one day, that family member is going to come through those back doors. That's my faith. That's your faith. That's the word of God. Because you're giving all. It's happened. It always happens. Maybe not on your time, but always on the right time, God's time. That blessing you're looking for, what is it that you haven't given up? What is it that you haven't sold out? I know it doesn't look like much. It's void. It's barren. It just looks like nothing to everyone else. There's a treasure in that field. Pay the full price. Can I just say that this is Sunday school. I'm going to make the Sunday school application. Jesus paid it all. He didn't bargain for your salvation. He paid the full price. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life 
for his friend. He called you friend. He laid down his life for you and I. He didn't bargain your value. We stand together in the house of the Lord this morning. He didn't bargain your value. He didn't say, well, you're a liar, so you only get one drop of blood and that's it. That's not, that's not the way he thinks. Oh, you're an adulterer? Well, two chances of repentance, done. That's all you get. That's all you have. That's all I'm, I'm putting towards your value. Or he didn't say to the thief, only, only one healing. You only get to get a healing one time. That's not what God does. And he didn't say to the extortioner, you only get a minimal chance at mercy. And so on and so on. But he looked at every one of you. And those that aren't even born yet today, I can't even fathom the mercies of the Lord. But his mercy, Brother Bradford, endureth forever. Why? For his mercy endureth forever. I, I can't comprehend forever. I don't know what that meant. I don't, know, I don't know what God saw when he died on the cross other than he saw everyone that's going to have a chance at this mercy. And that's every one of you. That's everyone after you. That was everyone before you. My God paid it all. He paid it all. It was something difficult, but his flesh, he laid it down and he said, Not my will, but thine be done. Whatever it takes, God, you take this body and you bruise it and you nail it to a wooden cross. I'm paying it all because out there, there's a Jeremy Brock that needs salvation. There's a Jeremy Brock. There's, there's others out there we can name and we can go down the list. I don't have anything good to give to God, but my all he requires our all this morning. So in conclusion, as they sing, I'm just asking for a simple commitment to somebody today. Not just words. Not just words of vanity, not just words that are meaningless, but someone needs to make a real commitment today to God to say, I, I'm going to give you everything, Lord. I'm going to lay it all down, God, whatever you require of me. God, whatever it is that I'm holding back, reveal it to me, that I could be, that I could be what you want me to be in your kingdom, that I can serve like you want me to serve. What is it today, friend? Who is it that you need to forgive? What bitterness are you harboring? What pain is causing you grief? All you have to do is come to the house of God. I don't care how many times you have failed in the house of the Lord or even outside of these four walls. His mercy is here today. I said his mercy is here today and I'm giving him everything. As they sing, let's just come to the front. Pray for somebody where it's appropriate. Let's give him all. Let's make a commitment to give him everything. I love you, Lord. And I magnify you. Hallelujah. We praise you. We magnify you. We give you praise. I'm giving you everything this morning. Hallelujah. With lifted hands. With a lifted heart. With a lifted voice. God, I'm going to give you all. Lord, you never, you never gave me just a part you gave me. I'm giving you everything today. Let's worship him.
worship him. I thank you, Lord, and praise you. I praise you at the full price, not a discounted price. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Come on, make a commitment here in the house of God today. I'm not withholding anything. Praise God. sinners Christ died for the ungodly peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die but while we were in our sins he paid the full price hallelujah you know what he asks us to pay the full price amen not a discounted price not a discounted price you know that's the difference between some people some people live for God at a discounted price because they can't give God everything I don't want to live for God at a discounted price, but God, I want to give you the full price of my life and everything that I am. Praise God. I'm committing to you. I'm giving my breath, my life, my being, everything that I've got. You know why? Because it is worth it. It's the treasure that is in the field. Anybody thankful today that God reached for you, threw you in? Hallelujah. God gave you something of value. Let's lift our hands and thank the Lord again. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you in the house of God today. And we thank you for your word that brings to us strength and encouragement and the peace of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We magnify your great name. Praise God. Let's worship him for just a moment right here. Clap your hands and lift up your voice. I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, of giving you everything. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 There are some boundaries and some lines you don't move because it creates a whole lot of confusion, as evidenced by 30 feet. But what do you do when people then start making claims on the property and then setting title and there's legal ramifications? You got an absolute mess that somebody's got to straighten out somewhere. I'm thankful that God is our chief cornerstone and there's some structure and some lines that have been laid down that keep us secure. Keep us secure out of confusion. Praise God. Thank God for his goodness and his greatness. Amen. In conclusion today, if you're praying about something, if you're praying for somebody, if you're praying about things in your life,